This is the Podcast Derby, a Blacklist podcast for this week's episode, Eli Matchett, number 72. So, another episode. I took more notes, I think, on this one than I ever have before, and I don't think any of them were good notes. I, and I, I thought to myself midway through the episode, as I'm taking notes, because I had to take notes on something, because the show felt like it was really just one of those... Every season or every half season, we get one of these episodes that really just doesn't do anything. No, like, it, it didn't until the last five. Until the last five minutes, and that's when <laughs> I was like scrambling, writing notes. I had to pause, and you know, I'm like, "Oh, this is happening." I, I, that's my second page. Yeah, I, <laughs> but we, that always happens. We because there's just nothing happening. The, the episode itself really just stands alone, and it sucks. Really, I mean, it's it wasn't a bad episode, but you know what I mean. It just it doesn't do anything for. A good podcast, a good follow-up, because what do we talk about? You know, we talk about the bad guy of the week, but you know, we don't care. We we care about the arc. We care about story. You know, character development, and there wasn't really any of that for a while. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I gotta I gotta point one thing out on here. I lost several minutes of the show just for some reason. It was just gone. Um. My 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 DVR everything just went black. Uh. Right from. When 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 it, when it cut to Dembe in the beginning and he was getting beaten. Yep. And then basically, like there was no words. I just saw him picking up the sock full of the the cue balls, and then it went to uh, uh, Red saying, "Hey, my compatriot likes to steal cars created before GPS." So there's about five minutes in there that I lost. So I have no idea what happened. Well, I can say you didn't miss much with the uh, Dembe thing because it was really just saying that uh, you could hear like somebody screaming in the other room, and basically they the what was it, Maurice or whatever, said to Dembe, you know, if you don't give them up, somebody else is going to suffer, and this is the price. And that yeah. kind of answers the end. Mateus. And uh, Mateus, thank you. I, always, I get his name wrong every week. And uh, then the other guy, um, or the other part was just uh, Red and Lizzie showing up to that little faction group there, and uh, they had stolen a car to do that, so... You didn't miss much. Anyway, besides all that, you know, we had the whole thing with the, I mean, the storyline of the episode, you know, we had the whole thing with the uh, the bad seed. and. Well, it, and it, did you feel just a little bit of someone doing the pol- political show on the anti-GMO on this and kind of the damage that it's done to farmers? And you, you get this every once in a while. And some of this was ripped from the headlines, but it was really... Sure. No. Yeah, you get that sense. Uh, movies do that a lot with uh, their uh, with a pseudo political statement or environmental statement. Uh, I mean, the movie Day After Tomorrow was all about global warming and oh, yeah. its effects. Uh, it's all, all those uh, things certainly do get put in there, and I'm sure writers uh, want to sneak in their own little thoughts. So yeah, I, I did catch up on a little of that, but then it just turned into. I don't know. I really wasn't sure what was going on. They they they, were, they introduced a bunch of things early, and then abandoned it, like this whole uh, Susan Hanover. I forgot about her. They mentioned her yeah. like in passing in the beginning. Yep. And I knew she was going to be important. You know, I knew we'd yep. see her eventually. But then I'm. It's like we're getting to the end, and the only thing I was really waiting for when we were getting to the end was uh, Paul Rubens because I saw his name in the credits. Oh, good call. And so I, I knew he was showing up eventually, and then I figured, oh, he's the guy that's getting beaten in the other room. 
that's kind of where maybe you don't show the credits. Was that one of the things I missed in that few minutes with somebody being baiting in the other room? Yes, you kind of okay. heard it in the other room, and then you... you... No, I, like, I was like, it, it felt weird because it felt like at the end there, I should have known something, and I'm like... Right. Yeah, it. basically they said, you know, somebody, you know, if you don't tell us where Red is, somebody else is going to suffer. And you can hear screaming in the other room, and that's basically what that was. Okay. Uh, and, and, you know, th that's obviously who it was once you see the credits, you know. So it's kind of one of those situations where I wish they didn't have opening credits of who's in the episode because it would give you a little bit of a surprise at the end. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, the episode is, it, I mean... How they tied it all into the story arc was nice. I I, I appreciated lot, that. Like the main story itself is meh, but there was a lot of outside stuff. Glenn, I love Glenn. I don't know why. I wrote it big down. I got a big I heart Glenn. Oh, I wrote that Glenn is back. Uh, love Glenn. <laughs> love uh, all his scenes. <laughs> no why? Notorious liar. Um, and he had like three poop jokes in the entire show. I mean, there was okay. there was like one after another. Oh yeah. Um, was there any? Uh, was it, would it be irony or coincidence that he was playing Tetris, a notoriously pseudo-Russian game, and she's accused of being a Russian spy? Sure, no? could, could be. <laughs> but I, I like him. I like the whole uh, sequence with him in the uh, restaurant, and obviously, you know, trying to find Dembe. Th th that's going to start getting tied together soon. I don't think this is going to be a season-long torture. No, I think Red. Is when you know when he figures out or when he gets that message from Glenn, it's not going to be a surprise. Um, right. You know what I mean? He's going like, okay, kind of thought that because he'd already said Dembe's not here. Dembe's so. supposed to be here, and yeah. you know this was the meeting point, which is interesting because they were always going there. Yeah, I kind of picked up on that. If too. that's the meeting point, then they were always going there because they're on the ship to sea, going out to uh, you know Latvia or wherever they're going, and then all of a sudden. Uh, the ship turns around. Uh, lo logistically, stuff from there, I would have thought Red would have been smarter because I, Red never should have been tra traced to Iowa. One yeah, one container gets off the ship. It was put onto a truck. Now that truck is in Iowa, and it's like the FBI's minutes behind them. Another one of those examples of time passed that, I mean, honestly, quicker that, for one group of people than the other. Yeah, that container should have been put on that truck while he goes and gets on a train. Right. And that truck goes to, like, Florida. No, it, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just, and they follow it. I mean, that was, it was really, you know, Red's, he, he's known for being one step ahead. He should have been one step ahead. Unless, and that, that felt a little sloppy. Unless he needed the FBI to be there. I mean, he hinted about their usefulness and never seemed worried that they were one step behind. In fact, the quote being that, uh, you know, this is the life. Someone is always one step behind. That's that's true. Uh, you know, he actually had a couple of those quotes. Uh, this is the he life did. quotes. Uh, he had this life has a mind and momentum of its own. Um, he actually had some nice little lines. Bad things are going to find you mm -hmm. now. That was that right. was the one at the end that kind of gave me a little bit of chills. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, wrestler quick on the trail to Iowa and then is like right on them the whole way through. But never seem you know to be close enough to actually get them, uh, which yeah. is probably what we're going to deal with all season. You know, we'll we'll eventually have a showdown at some point where they got guns pointed at each other and he ends up letting her go again. It's turned into the fugitive. You exactly. Know. It, it. No, you're right. It's that's a good comparison. Which is, which is you know not a bad thing. I'm fine with it. 
I'm fine with it. I mean, the show's definitely taken a a it, it and we've discussed it already this season. I mean, it's it's taken a different turn. It's going. Right. It's it's you know taking its approach differently. Uh, you know, we, I mean, the we bat- had kind of forecasted this or foretold this a while ago. Oh, season one. We talked about season one. That we said at some point she was going to go to the other side. Yeah, because we always talk about she is being kind of prepped for this life. One day she's going to have to make the choice to join this life. She and then once she does it, they are going to team up, and now everybody's going to be chasing her. I mean, we we predicted it; it made sense, and it's obviously doing. It's a good format. The show works with it. You can't have the format that you've had the last two years continue on forever. The show gets boring. You got to yeah. you got to keep it going. I mean, the show's kind of building itself up to be you know, several seasons. You you, you got to change the format uh, to keep it fresh. Uh, one of the things that bugged me about this one, uh, really right off the bat, was the bad guy being Eli Match at number 72. This guy doesn't seem to me like a guy who would have even had a number. We've always yeah. talked about these people on this list seem to be fairly important people. This almost seemed like a guy that Red didn't even know existed until he got to Iowa. Yep, no, I completely agree. It felt... So... Happenstance. So how? Yeah. So why would this guy actually have a number? It would have been better off if this show was like Susan Hanover number seventy-two. Um, that would have made more sense. But then that would have given away how you know the whole scene at the end where he confronts her and finds out that she was behind it to begin with. But yeah, I, giving they, a, giving a number to a guy who's re, they, they who's really been, irrelevant. Uh, yeah, maybe he was, you know, penciled in at the end of the itinerary or something, you know, but not with a number like 72. Well, right, he's right in the middle. I mean, right now the highest number we have on the list is 161. You know, he this is a guy who's like, you know, I'm going to add this guy to a list, so make him number 170. That would have been fun to have said that yeah. uh, in, in the show. You know, I don't have a 170 yet, so let's give that to him because this guy's obviously dangerous. But this list is supposed to be some of the most dangerous and notorious people in the world that you don't know about. This guy didn't fit that bill. Right. So I, I had a problem with that all along. Uh, what do you got? I'm talking too much. Uh, no, I got, I got. So, so here's the big thing. Uh, Tom wrestler hallway. Yeah. Could, could Tom have taken him? Yes. I, I think so too. Broken his neck. Tom purposefully didn't do anything. Yeah, he, and the look he, he gave uh, to wrestler back when wrestler said, next time I'll break that arm was like, yeah, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> you try. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So in this baby, it's something I missed in those few minutes The the waiting in the Chinese place for the, phone booth or for the phone yeah. call I, I don't that was I missed something there no that really just kind of popped up towards the end of the episode uh that would there was nothing was that early on oh yeah he kind of described it that um he has the story he told her about liz true? yeah yes okay so he was kind of thinking like you know if he, that you know it, he, he was going back there for nostalgia's sake obviously he wants uh to help and find her and help her best he can and I think he's, you know, it's kind of like a sentimental thing. I think he was going to that restaurant for those purposes and just hoping that him being there will channel something and she'll call him. I, I think it was really just one of those moments. And I knew, you know, hell, I knew she, the waitress was going to give him, uh, yeah, it took her so long to give the number. That was trite. Yeah, I, it was either that or I was waiting for her to say something along along the lines of, are you, do I really need to give this to her or is this for me or, you know, right. yeah. some, well, some type of comment on it. Figure going really there. Her. I, I'm happy though that uh, the episode the, the, that we're not investigating that relationship any further because I like how uh, well what we talked about last week and this season what what what's Cooper's role going to be? He just went gray. He he totally just went to be the gray fixer. Yep, he, he's going to be that guy in the background that's going. He's got access to the database. He's going to talked about that. 
Yeah, he's going to pull strings from the background. Nobody's going to even know what he's doing. He's doing it all on his own because, you know, he, he wants to help this thing out. He's got loyalty to his people from the task force. And I love that, you know, wrestlers go into him for advice. I mean, we talked about that. You know, what if Cooper was, you know, working yeah. at Quantico or something and he'd be the guy they can go to for advice? Well, it's true. You did. You said exactly that. And other than he's not at Quantico, it's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So wrestlers go into him to get advice because, you know, he's in charge of the task force now and he has no idea how to run this kind of a task force. Uh, you know, he's run ops before, but never this. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then Cooper, you what know, would you do? Yeah. Yeah. Cooper, you know, gives the Caracut file to uh, Tom and says, uh, you know, this is your job for me. So it's like he's pulling strings now and he's yeah. got his own little this is thing what's, going on. You know, it's not going to help you find her, but it's going to help find a way to clear her name. It, it's going to help us out greatly. Yeah. So that's, uh, and I, I like that angle. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like that we're going to have this kind of Cooper and Tom thing going on. We're going to have, you know, it, it gives us other stories to follow during the weekly shows so we're not just bogged down with a bad guy of the week you know there's right. other there's so many little story arcs going on you know and it's all going to come to head at the end of you know the, the mid-season finale or end of season when everybody's in one room together staring at each other with a gun yeah absolutely and i'm good with that uh so it r- riddle me this so fbi flies in right and they're yes. there is there is there like a Hertz for cops or an Avis for cops? Because why are they suddenly assigned a cop car rental car, right? I mean, I was like, <laughs> I'm looking at this going, so they're assigned a car. It's obviously a rental because it's like a Chevy Malibu, right? But it's but right. it's a cop car. Yeah. I mean, is there is there you know we need law enforcement out there? <laughs> I actually have another question for law enforcement after this because it you know. Well, it, now I was thinking that, that was too. Like, really? I was thinking too. I mean, really, the way this thing looked like is when wrestler and um. um What's her name? Navabi. We're on the trail. And I figure, okay, it's just them checking things out. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're in uh, that guy's apartment, uh, Gabriel Costa's apartment. And there's a whole crime scene FBI team there pulling it apart. And they probably pulled the local office in to do that. But The, the whole crime scene, you know, the biggest thing that made me mad about this whole episode. I was like, bullshit. So they go into the cornfield. They had that big fight, right? Yes. When they walk him out, everybody's already there, and they're calm. I know. They have no idea what's happened in there, that there's been this big fight and everything. And everybody's like, hey, what are you doing here? It's like they've been there for two hours, but they hadn't actually pulled him out yet. There was a, I mean, that, re- I was like, no. I mean, I wrote that down. I'm like, no, no, no. People waiting back here before they even made it back to the car. And and, and my other issues I had earlier in the show was when they were, uh, wrestler and, 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 and herself were driving around and she gets the call. She's like, okay, Wilson Park. And he like immediately turns, spins the car. I don't know the street next to mine here, where I live right now. They're not from Iowa, and they know how to get around Iowa like it's nothing. Um. So, (laughs) yeah, it was. I mean, they did mention GPS. It's all good. But not on that. I mean, he was turning the wheel before she even finished getting off the phone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, there was just a bunch of little things on that. Oh, I hate that stuff. I mean, it's like she happened to have a thumb drive handy. Um, oh yeah, and, and and the and the trope of uh, incredibly slow USB transfer. Oh yeah, um, uh, <laughs> you, you know. I mean, honestly, I would have laughed my ass off. She went, oh, 
damn it, it's USB 1.1 or something right, like that. No, actually done like a technical joke that <laughs> I know, make those a joke. of us in the industry would have been like, <laughs> you know, and it would have made perfect sense at that point. Oh, excuse my dog. I agree, because that, that file would need to be truly massive and dense and... I mean, yeah. I, I can understand that it is big and it's going to take a while to transfer. Everything else but... there was state of the arts. The computer was fast enough. But, right. So the only reason that that would have been that way is like, seriously, USB 1.1 or something. Yeah, uh, her, her little, yeah, her little card there. <laughs> All right, so I got, I've got some other interesting things here, right? Okay. Um, so I like the fact that they're sitting in the bar. And Elizabeth, yep. with her with her keen eyes, noticed the guy calling in the background. Absolutely. See what I did there? I like it. <laughs> her keen right, so eyes. it was fine, right? Yeah. So here here's here's my problem with all of this, right? The first, I'm like, uh, maybe he's a cop. Oh no, because he'd be he wouldn't be approaching. He'd be calling for backup. Right. Right. Um. Okay. He's a cop. He's had a gun pulled on him. He's not going to try and spin around and shoot her. Right. That's something an actual right, no. I mean, he's, bounty he's, hunter would do. But no, yeah, he would not do anything along those lines because he's not going to do anything to endanger anybody else in there, right? Right. He so would. He would have dropped the gun and let it go. Right. Okay. You guys go do whatever. Just just walk out. You know, tie me up. You know, he would have because he, he made his call. I mean, his backup should have been on their way and close. Right. And I realize he was trying to stall him or whatever, but he would have. You know, done, yeah, but... he wouldn't have done something that stupid. But here's the interesting thing: mm-hmm. what did he say to Red? I'm trying to remember. What did he say to Red? There's a lot of people that would like to see you dead. Yes, he did say that. He made it sound like he wasn't a cop. His choice of words, and it's not choice of words, but what he said made it sound he knew exactly who he was. And Red's response was? Whoever you're working for. Yeah, you're in over your head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm like, there's something a little more interesting here. Yeah, it said he was undercover. You know, that's Mm -hmm. fine, but. Something still doesn't jive up. That hey, guy. There, there are plenty of people in government that are in the cabal. Not, no reason to believe that. I mean, hell, the cabal's working in with you know some little you know messed up farmer. The, the cabal wouldn't have done something like that. Honestly, he yeah. wouldn't have said a word. He'd have let him go, walked out, gotten their license plate, and done it a different way. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. They don't, they don't recruit fools. Um, well, they recruit Eli Matchett. <laughs> Well, he wasn't part actually of the cabal, but yeah, I get. What well, you that's mean. what I mean, though. I mean, he this cop could be. Uh, I mean, this cop could very well be on Susan Hanover's payroll. You know, she's she she could have that, but uh, but that I I'm I'm watching that going. This really really bugs me. Uh, law enforcement, and we we've, we've made this call out to mm-hmm. law enforcement before. It, I mean, you have to be an undercover cop. You have to give yourself up. You know, when you're telling us this, but are we wrong in this? Um, well, we watch too many cop shows. And to go back to your point, he was calling somebody. He was calling something in. If he was calling in backup, given the amount of FBI activity in the city or in the town trying to find Red and what the hell's going on, I would have expected to hear sirens by the time that that standoff was going on. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he made that call, and, they and then seconds later they got up. What it was is he made that call. She recognizes. She got up, said, I'll meet you out front. Uh, we flash to another scene, come back to that scene. Red's paying the tab, stands up. I mean, time is passing. Yeah. You know, the FBI must have been too busy. To sit him in the car and drive him to the hospital. Right. And not be chased to the hospital. So and the... nobody in the bar thought to call the hospital saying, hey, there's a gunshot wound guy coming in, and the cops are waiting. Right. 
Exactly. So so that's what I mean. I mean, he didn't call the cops. He might not be a cop. Um, and the FBI, they were probably too busy setting up for that scene at the cornfield. He was a cop. We, we did get that confirmed because they right. talked about it at the end that she she shot a, an, un, an undercover cop in Iowa. Right. So he, he was. Doesn't mean that was his true identity or anything like that sure. or that he wasn't rogue or, you know, nefarious of some type. But, you know. Yeah. No, they, they were too busy setting up in the cornfield. And they didn't have time to, to handle that scene. It, it was a it was a Hollywood flaw. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, but <laughs> it it seriously seriously bugged me. What did you think of his uh, his bad luck story? Oh, Muggs Picasso. I wrote that. <laughs> Muggs Kolonowski Picasso. Yeah, yeah, I wrote Muggs Picasso. I I forgot the last name when I was typing. Uh, love I love his stories. And, I do too. Uh, the the stories are neat. Um, they're always perfect for the situation. And they always die. And they always die. <laughs> something always bad happens in the end. Yeah, they, they really kind of always, you know, oh, yeah, he had a blade of grass go through his skull at 400 miles an hour. Um, you know, um, you know, she got a VD and died or whatever it was, you know, with all the girls he slept with in summer camp. Um, so sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we love the story of the week. Uh, yeah. You know, the, for... the story was boring. I think everything else that happened was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the the movie, like the show, really, like you said, in that last five minutes, sprinted. You know, there's so much it was packing in there. Uh, you know, I, I think next week we're gonna see the, uh, you know, an awesome scene with you know Dembe and Pee Wee escaping. Now uh, there, there'll be somebody else. They pull in Mr. Kaplan or somebody else that we've that we've worked with, and that'll be the one that breaks. But that's fine. I mean, I can picture all, but, but all of them breaking out, and uh, you know, Pee Wee freaking out because he sees blood. And uh, and it'll be a great little uh, Three Stooges scene. Yes, it'll be Mr. Kaplan or somebody breaking them out, but you'll see the three of them, you know, having their own little side adventure in the episode, and I think that'll be fun. Oh, yeah, going up the, the, the fire escapes and all that kind of Something stuff. Something like that, yes. Something silly. It's going to be a silly scene, and we're behind. all going to laugh. No man left behind. And I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you know, because I don't really need to see uh, six more weeks of Dembe getting beaten with you know billiard balls. Yeah. I, I don't. It's time to move on from that and get to the point in the story. Either they're going to start killing people, and I don't think they. There's no point in bringing Pee Wee back just to kill him. So obviously, you know, he's not right now, at least. So obviously, yeah, it's there, not Game of Thrones. You can't do that. Right. This is going to be a character. These are going to be characters that we're going to see for several episodes. And uh, yeah, we're, it's it's time to move forward with them, and get out of this prison that they're in right now. All okay. right, anything else? What else you got? Um, I you know I just wrote down uh one of the things he said to what's her face there at the end to Susan Hanover. Susan Hanover. You know, leave the director to me. I was like, ooh, yes. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> and and, uh, and I, I mean, like he's, he's being pretty blatant. I'm I'm coming for you. Uh, right, and I like his approach right now. Have one way out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, give him to me, exonerate her, yep. and then you know we'll call it even and we'll start over. Absolutely. Um, no, his 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 approach right now and how they're you know they're going on the offensive, and they're going to take it to him. They're going to get you know Liz exonerated. They're going to uh, force the cabal to you so, know pin it all on the director. Yeah, yeah but so Susan. Hanover is part of the cabal. We've established yes. this, right? But she's now in handcuffs. You know what? I got to tell you, though, that scene. It felt weird. Of her getting interviewed. It felt f- weird. It felt like if I was in there, it would be like, 
okay, you need to shut up right now. And I'm going to make sure you, I can get you out of here. That's what I felt like. You know, it was one of those scenes where we're going to turn the cameras off and nobody's going to hear what I'm telling you. Yeah. Something I, I, I did. I thought the exact same thing. It, it was it, like it felt like a double agent thing. And and, and they've gagged us with that before. <laughs> um, you know, un, unnecessary in the lines of why is this here? Right. Uh, That's why. Than, I mean, there was a lot of I mean, I was pushing up to the end. It was really, really busy there mm-hmm. at the end. They could have extended any other scene out by 10 seconds. That, that scene that didn't was, need to be there anymore. It, it was there on purpose. Felt, yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. It felt kind of I don't want to say out of place, but, you know, it's uh, whatever the theory is. And we talk about this, you know, they, you, there's never anything there that doesn't have a purpose. Right. Um, and that one was just kind of a. Uh, the look on their faces was like, you know, Hanover recognized her. And she didn't feel panicked. Yep, there was. She didn't look panicked. She didn't yeah. look worried. There, um, there was a. I recognize but you. Not, you know. Yeah. Oh crap. Um, so I agree. I think that scene actually, we're gonna see something to that soon. You know, we need to have I feel really dumb otherwise. Right. <laughs> well, it's something this show has given us. You know, every season so far is something with the task force that uh, either goes wrong or. Uh, an insider or or something something going on or somebody has their own agenda and uh you know we we might that that could be the angle they take this season and we uh, like you're right and we could just be looking too much into it looking for something but this, this it seemed like a scene why we have a successful podcast is we yeah. point these things out and yeah. you know we watch this show we watch shows like doctor who where these totally random things are actually really important you right know, bad wolf things like that exactly so. T- tv shows you're absolutely right don't waste time because they don't have the time to waste yeah time is money everything they give you is there for a reason so uh keep an eye on it all right very good well this was a uh actually I, we talked a lot more than i thought we were gonna i thought we we're gonna be dragging through this one because i wasn't quite sure about this episode but the last five minutes definitely gave us a lot to think about uh as we're moving forward we got uh, another episode next week and i didn't even pay attention to the trailer, so kind of excited that uh, I didn't. So I can maybe be a little surprised. Uh, I did. Um, so far, I don't think they necessarily gave anything away. It looks interesting. Okay. So we'll see that next week. So uh, go ahead and uh, shoot us emails. Let us know what you think of the uh, show. You can email us at blacklist at podcasturbia.com. Uh, you can also comment on Facebook or Twitter at podcasturbia. <laughs> And uh, iTunes reviews, things like that. We like that, too. So for this week's episode of the Blacklist Podcast, I'm Brian. He's Dave. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody.